Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson, the Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray as being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. Saints of God, our Father desires to have a close, intimate relationship with those of us who are His children. But unfortunately, many of us children don't take Him up on that opportunity to increase our intimacy with Him. Although the opportunity is there, most Christians don't have and enjoy the intimate relationship with God that He wants. Brothers and sisters, there are pathways that we should all take to increase our intimacy with God. If we don't know what those pathways are, then we should hurry up and learn what they are and take them so that we can have and enjoy the increased intimacy with God that He desires to have with you and me. So, without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the Word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, get two, three, four, four, high five around you. Tell them it's time to be blessed up in the house of God today. Come on, come on, give two, three, four, four, high five around you. And tell them to have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. And I'm telling you, y'all about to get blessed up in here, up in here, up in here, up in here, in Jesus' name. Praise God. How y'all doing today? So am I. Same Lord, same faith, same results. If you got your Bible, which I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 3 and get ready for this word I'm about to bring to thee. It's a word that's going to be a good word for you. That's if you got an ear to hear what the Lord is going to say to you. It's going to be a word that's going to help you to be able to step into the things that God's got planned for you. That's if you got an ear to hear what the Lord's got to say. We're going to continue in the teaching that we started just a little while back, and that is pathways to increase intimacy with God. Pathways to increased intimacy with God. That's the God's desire for me and you. And that's to increase the intimacy that exists between the two of you. Matthew chapter 3, and get ready for the word I'm going to bring. We're going to continue in the teaching that we started just a little while back, and that is pathways to increase intimacy with God. We're going to read our foundational text, move on into today's stuff, and it's going to bless you in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 3, we'll start reading at verse 13. It reads, Then come of Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answered him and said, Suffer to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him, did what he asked him to do. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The one that just did what it is that God sent him there to do and then fulfilled what it is he had for him to fulfill and achieved it too. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Of course, we know that that's an account of Jesus Christ, our elder brother at the, at the River Jordan, whereas he got a chance to be able to do what it is that God wanted him to do. And that was God's plan for him to do. And of course, as he was doing God's plan for him, God spoke about him. Praise God all the way from heaven says that the heavens opened unto him, which meant access to heaven 
opened unto him. Praise God. Access to access to all that God had, all that God, all that all that heaven has. Access to everything. Praise God was right there available to him. It said the Spirit of the Lord descended up as a dove. That's the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Godhead, the anointing of God dropped into the middle of his life. We all want the anointing of God to drop into the middle of our lives. We all want the anointing of God to be actively present in the middle of our lives to the point that it is seen by those around you. Praise God. Because it can be seen that it's manifested itself on you. It lighted upon him as a, as, a, as a dove. Praise God. And a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, distinguishing him from all others. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We found out that that word son is the word huyo, which is talking about son. But we found out, praise God, that no matter what, it's, although it's a son, we don't know what kind of son he is just by the word huyo. But that's why he had to attach an adjective to it. Because he could either be an immediate son or a remote son. He could either be a close son or a distant son. So he nailed that down for us by calling us calling his beloved son. We found out that that word beloved is dear, which meant that he was dear to him. And we found out one of the reasons why is because he was so near to him. He would walk just like the father wanted him to walk, do what the father wanted him to do. And because he continued to stay aligned with God, God called him a dear son. And that's the same thing that's available to me and you. God wants us to be dear sons, near sons, immediate sons, uh, close sons. He don't want us to no longer be remote sons and distant sons. Because many of us have found ourselves as being distant sons, close sons. But I got good news for you. There's an invitation that God has extended to you and saying, draw nigh to me. Why? Because I want to draw nigh to you. Go over the book of James, please. Fourth chapter. James, fourth chapter. That even if we found ourselves remote at a time or two, God's invitation is still for you. And it is still for you to do the same thing that he's asked you to. And that's draw nigh to him. He said in verse 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. We're going to do the rest of that later, but we're going to stop right there. Draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. God has extended an invitation to you with a a statement ahead of time of what's going to happen if you do what he tells you to do. God has invited you to draw near to him. But he said, if you do that, then I'm going to draw near to you too. I'm going to respond to your response. I'm going to make a move based upon your move. And I got a good news for you. God's moves are way bigger than your moves. You make a little step, he'll make a big step. Praise God. You do a little something, he's going to do a big something. Praise God. Wish I had time to talk about it right now. I'm going to let it cook on the inside of me a little while. Praise God. But when I was in prayer, this word came to me. It's called explosion. Praise God. I'm just going to let it cook for a little while before I get to talking about it. But it's already bubbling. That's when some of it just came out right there. Praise God. Because the Lord has been telling me about an explosion. Praise God. It's about to occur. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said an explosion. That's about to occur. Praise God. It's one of the reasons why Satan's trying to draw you away from God right now. To get you to operate other than the way God wants you to do. It's one of the reasons why God's been telling you for years, watch what you do. Pay attention to what you do. Be sober and be vigilant. Why? Because there's an adversary out there trying to devour you, trying to put some pressure in your life to get you to move out from what God said do, move away from the place that God has in store for you so that you'll miss out on this explosion that's about to happen up in here and it's going to happen with you. But we ain't missing out. Praise God. We're going to get all up in the middle of it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Blow us up. Praise God. I'm excited about it, but we'll talk about that later. Praise God. The point I'm going to raise right now is God wants us to draw near to him. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Why? So he can so he can draw near to us, praise God, and do some things for us and be able to make sure that he puts some stuff in us that we can trust. Praise God. We found that he wants us to draw near. He wants us to approach him, to be at hand, to come and to be near to him, to draw closer to him. Because each and every one of us, no matter how close we've been, we can get closer to him. Don't be satisfied where you are. Come on, go a little closer so God can take you far. And we found out one of the pathways to that intimacy is prayer. We've been learning for a little while now about prayer, how prayer is the pathway to intimacy with God. And in fact, the last few times that we got together, we learned about how Jesus prayed, offered prayers of supplication, praise God. But we found out one of those prayers was a prayer of consecration, that Jesus consecrated himself to do the will of God. He consecrated himself. He declared himself to be separated in order to do what God told him to do. And that prayer consecration we found out is a prayer where we consecrate ourselves to do the will of God in our lives. To do the will of God in our lives. In fact, that's one of the reasons why God is drawing us closer to him. Why? Because we're about to step into the will of God for our lives. Some of us are about to step into the next phase of the will of God for our lives. Some of us are about to step into the first phase of the will of God in our lives. Some of us have been stepping away from it, but we're about to step into it. Some of us have been trying to run away from it, but you're about to run into it. Praise God. You're about to step into what God has in store for you. And it's a better the life than the one you got for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. We found out, praise God, that the prayer of consecration affords us the opportunity to both learn the will of God and to learn to do the will of God. To learn the will of God and to learn to do the will of God. Because we found out that that's two separate things. First is learning the will of God. And that's what we all need to do. That's one of the reasons why we draw closer to God. So we can hear what he has for us to do. And another thing that we do is learn to do the will of God. So we don't be like some of those who learn the will of God and still don't do the will of God. Whereas they procrastinate, defer actions and delay like we learned last week. Put off until another time. They deliberate. They consider something deeply and think it over and over and over again until they never step in to what God has in store for them. They repudiate. They reject as having no authority or binding force in their life. They reject it with disapproval and condemnation like it's something wrong with them doing the will of God for their life. And they abdicate the will of God for their life, which means they renounce it or relinquish it as, uh, 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 as a right and a, uh, a claim or a responsibility. They abandon the opportunity to do what God wants them to do. But that ain't me and you. We're going to delight ourselves in doing the will of God. I said we're going to delight ourselves in doing the will of God. We're going to incline to it, lean into it, praise God, and step into it and begin to desire what God has in store for me and you. Because we found out that the willingness and the delight in doing is the result of having the law of God in our hearts. That as God continues to pour into our heart his will and his way, his word each and every day. It's even just words that he speaks to me and you. That is going to cause us to have a will to do what it is he wants us to do. That's why Satan wants to keep you separated from God right now. So that you don't get the will to do what he, that he wants you to do. Because we found out doing the will of God is a heart matter. That as you get closer to God, God begins to start work on your heart. He begins to blow out them arteries, those things that are hindering the flow of the will of God in your life. So that you can be able to have a free will to do the will of God for your life. We found out God is going, is working with us. He's all in us to be able to will and to do his good pleasure. Praise God. But we found out that once we find out the will of God, our response should be to submit to the will of God for our lives. Our response should be, Lord, if you will, we shall. If you will, if that's what you want, we shall do what it is that you want us to do. Anybody in here think like that up in here other than me? Oh, you do too. Praise God. 
Well, see, God wants us to be able to respond like that. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Get ready to jump into some stuff that's going to be all the way live. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. See, don't ever forget, Jesus died for this to happen for you. He died to open up the door for you to be able to do what he told you to do. I don't know. If you paid money for me to do something, I'd think a lot about it. Praise God. Hey, man, I'd get excited about it. I'd be like, wow, you did this for me? Praise God. And I would take advantage of it, praise God, and, 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 and have something to do with it, praise God, if you did all that for me. Amen. But if you turn around and died so I can have something, <laughs> you better believe, praise God, I'm going to do something with what you did because so you died for me to have that. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one to think that way. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Let's read some more so maybe you can learn to think that way. Verse 14 says, For the love of God constrained us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. See, Jesus did what he did so that we could do what we ought to do with our lives. Jesus did what he did so that we can do what it is that we should do with our lives, what we ought to do with our lives. He died for me and you to be able to do what it is that we ought to do. Here it says in verse 15, and that he died for all that we, that, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, which means because he died, we should not henceforth live to ourselves. The word henceforth there means no further, which means once he died for me and you, and we begin to understand that that's true, from that moment, we should no further live to ourselves. We should no further. It also means not anymore, which means that living to ourselves should not anymore be a thought on our mind. Why? Because Jesus died to deliver us from that. He died to deliver us from that thought. That the thought of living to yourself was something that Jesus saw worth dying for so that you don't have to do it no more. So if he died so you don't do that no more. Seems like we begin to start getting a notion, getting a thought, allowing that thought to be placed on the inside of me and you. So we can stop dying, stop doing what he died for us not to do. Some of us are still doing what he died for us not to do. Now we excited about some of us because we done stopped drinking alcoholic beverages and stuff. We all pumped about that. Why? Because we know he died for us not to have to do that no more. He died to make us both kings and priests. And I can show you multiple scriptures where neither kings nor priests are supposed to drink alcohol. So since he died for us to no longer to be kings and priests, then we, he died so we don't drink. So we're excited about that. Some of us walk around telling everybody how we don't smoke no more. That's legal and illegal. Praise God. How we don't smoke no more. Praise God. Why? Because he died so we don't have to do that with our body no more. Because now we know our body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. It ain't a smokehouse. It's a temple of the Holy Ghost. He died, shed his blood so we don't have to do that no more. Some of us excited and been telling everybody how we don't fornicate no more. How we stopped all the fornicating, praise God. Then now when they go to the Y, it's the MCA or WCA. 
Is anybody hearing me up in here today? Because we stopped all that, praise God, because we found out somebody died so we don't have to do that. Because he said, know ye not that your body is not a temple of the Holy Ghost. That therefore, we should not be uh, hooking ourselves up with, no, with, no, with them folk that be doing stuff like that. And we, and we happy about that. There's another thing he died for. That we could stop living unto ourselves. When is that one going to get on the list that we brag about? When is that one going to get on the list that we talk about? When is that one going to hit the list? So that we can say, you know, I used to live to myself. But I don't do that no more. Why, why not? Because somebody died that I don't do that no more. I told them that with alcohol when they say, here, here's, this bud's for you. I said, no, it ain't for me, baby, because I don't drink that no more. They say, why not? Because somebody died, so I don't do that. Come here, why don't you try some of this? No, I, somebody died, so I don't do that. Why don't you do this no more? Somebody died, did I do it? Why don't you live to yourself no more? Pastor, why don't you just do something for yourself now? Because somebody died, so I would stop doing that. See, prior to Christ, we lived our lives unto ourselves. It was all about us. We sang that song, it's all about you. But we'd be looking in the mirror when we sang it. We wouldn't sing about God. Prior to Christ, we lived our lives to ourselves. It was all about us. Whether us by ourselves or us as in me and my four and no more, it was still going to be about us. But once we understood what God did for us through Jesus Christ, then our response should be to live our lives unto him, not unto ourselves. To live our lives under him, not under ourselves. See, once we come to understand what he personally did for us, then our response should be personal toward him. That you did this for me, I'm going to do the same thing for you. You did this for me, then I'm going to do what you want me to. See, once we comprehend what Jesus did with his life for us, then we should become motivated to do with our lives that which is for him. Once we get understand what he did in our, his life for us personally, we should become motivated personally to do with our lives what it is something for him too. Y'all come on, don't look at me like you know that. You don't know what I'm talking about. Christmas time comes around, praise God. You purpose to buy certain people gifts and you get excited about getting them a gift, praise God. But every once in a while, somebody maybe from the office or somebody that's around you buy you a gift that you were not expecting. First, you're shocked. But after the shock wears off, you're on your way to someplace like one of them 24-hour CVSs and stuff. To do what? See what you can find them. Oh, Lord, y'all don't do that? There's some folk to do that. That after somebody buy us a gift, we get motivated to do something for them next time. It might not be that Christmas, but the next one, we put them on the list. Chia pet. But there's going to be something they get. Is anybody hearing me up here? Whereas before they wouldn't get nothing. But now they're going to get something because of what they did for you. That little cheap gift they gave you. But, but if, how about Jesus Christ gave you life? That should motivate you to do something big. And not big in your eyes, but big in his eyes. 
And he told you, told us what it is as big in his eyes, that you live your life unto me. See, we should live our lives with the mind, Lord, you gave your life for my benefit. Therefore, I'll give my life for your benefit. You gave up your life for my good. Then I'll give up my life for your good. I'll no longer live, my, live for me, but from this point forward, I'll live my life for you. Why? Because you died to give me the opportunity to. See, a lot of us have not yet understood that Jesus Christ died to give us an opportunity to live a certain life. Now, we know part of that life, the abundant life, we like that part. The life of all our needs are met, we like that part. The part where we healed, praise God, and other things that the scripture revealed. But this is one of the things that's revealed too, that you live your life for him and not for you. And not for you. The Amplified Version reads thusly, it says, And he died for all, so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sakes. He said, I did this for your sake. Which means that this is deep. Living for him is not for his sake. Living for him is, your, is for your sake. Which means that living for him will be a more of a life, better of a life, more magnanimous of a life than the one that you lived already. He did this for your sakes. He didn't do it for his. And since Jesus did it for our sakes, then that's an opportunity we ought to take. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, please. Since he did it for our sakes, that's an opportunity we ought to take. Jesus, I didn't do that for me. I did that for you. Because remember, God's great already. He don't need nothing from nobody. So when he invites us to an opportunity to do something for him, technically it's not for him. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed by what the Word of God had to say. I hope you've seen that one of the many things that God wants us to do is to increase the intimacy that exists between Him and me and you. I hope that you're not only seeing that that's what He wants us to do, but that we should do what it is that we need to do to increase the intimacy between God and me and you like He wants us to do. Otherwise, we'll miss the chance of a lifetime to be in an intimate relationship with the most awesome, powerful entity of all times. An opportunity that we definitely don't want to blow. We should do everything we can do to learn how to and do what we learn to do to become more intimate with the God that loves and has saved me and you. That's what I'm going to do, and I hope you do the same thing too. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at Word of Faith. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon. Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation and you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. And don't forget, saints, 
Make sure to turn church on Sunday. If you're not at work, every child of God needs to be in their father's house on Sunday. There's absolutely no substitute being in church fellowshipping with other believers and worshiping God in the house of God. I believe every born-again believer should say what the psalmist said when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So if you can be in church on Sunday, then be in church on Sunday. You'll be blessed when you do, I guarantee you. And to all of you who've been a blessing to us by sending words of encouragement by letters or email to us, sharing with us that you're being blessed by the messages and that you're praying for us, we want to say to all of you from the bottom of our heart, thank you. And to all of you who've been so kind to send financial offerings in support of our ministry, we want to say to all of you too, thank you. You blessed us in ways that we never asked and or expected you to do. The Bible says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he so reap. Well, since all of you have been such a tremendous blessing to us, writing words of encouragement to us, praying for us, and even sending financial support to us, we know that God's going to be. We know that God's not going to be mocked concerning you. God's going to do for each and every one of you what He said in His Word that He would do. That is, He's going to make sure that you reap what you sow. We thank God in advance for all the blessings that we know are coming your way because of your being the blessing that you've been to each and every one of us in each and every way. May God richly bless all of you for blessing us as we endeavor to do what God has called us to do. That is be a blessing to a blessed people like you. So once again, thank you for being a blessing. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast next week for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you next week.